Good to see everybody this morning. Welcome. To, good morning. Had a good start to the day at 9 o'clock. Four people came forward through baptism to declare they want to follow Christ. Five more this service. So I love these weekends because I think they're good for faith. I've seen that over the years. They're good for faith no matter where you are on the spectrum. So maybe you're someone who you're not really sure about all this God stuff, Jesus stuff. Just someone in the family is getting baptized today. So you got the call and you're like, get dressed up, we're going to church. I'm like, all right, guess I'm going to go take this in. So if you're there or maybe you're someone like me, you just believed for a really long time. But either way, it, it just, it fires up your ability to believe in God because what you get today is a long list of of stories of testimony about a real God making a real difference in the lives of real people. I love that. And for me, yeah. For me, I've done this now dozens of times over the years for for and with maybe hundreds of people. So coming into this weekend, for me, the thought on my mind that really boosts my faith is that God just never stops. He just never stops doing this. He never takes a day off. He never quits. And for a whole bunch of people who operate on a sometimes level, I love that God operates on an always level. Anybody encouraged by that this morning? Like, I'm encouraged by that because I'm very sometimes kind of guy. But he's not. And that, that God is underneath all of this. It's always. That's who he says he is. He's always. I love that bolsters my faith. Today's like day, today, or days like today can even like create it, spark faith for the very first time. Because you're going to hear a bunch of stories about salvation. Sometimes salvation's a nebulous term, like saved from what? You guys talk about being saved all the time. Saved from what? Here's what you're going to hear today. Saved from yourself. And you're like, hey, here's what will happen out there. You're like, I could use saved from myself. And like, right on. Where did they look to go get that? And so all of a sudden, I'm telling you, it happens on these weekends where you come in, think not seeing it, and then all of a sudden, I, I want to look in the same place that they looked. So either way, no matter where you are on that faith spectrum, it's going to be easy today for all of us to walk out of here and go, man, God is really good. I mean, you might even sing about it. We're going to end with this song, Oh, How Marvelous. I mean, it's, everyone's going to be jacked up. It's even if you don't sing, you're going to sing at the end. You're like, I'm going to sing today? Like, you're going to sing today. You didn't even see it coming. You're like, wow. So today in that regard, is, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's going to happen. So I decided to make my message for tomorrow, Monday instead of Sunday. Because here's what's true about all of us, every single one. In one moment, God can be everything. It's like, I, oh, how marvelous, Jesus. And then the next day, maybe even this afternoon, like, Jesus who? Maybe even this afternoon. And so a story today from the Word about that reality in our life, that moment by moment sort of up and down. It's real for all of us. It comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. It's about 11 people, Jesus and 10 others, and their response, their ongoing response to him and what he has done. And I like it because it's the kind of story that will stick in your mind. You, you'll be able to remember this tomorrow. It's kind of how the Spirit of God works. So he'll call it to your attention like, oh yeah, those 10 guys. 
And, and it can cause you to turn from what you're doing and maybe make God central again after all this stuff fades away because all this today is going to fade away. So this is in some way for Monday. Here we go. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 people? We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. My title today is Stay Grateful. Stay Grateful. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for today. You're going to get all the credit. We're going to hear how you have been the hero in every situation. And so please receive that today. That you'd be honored and glorified in all that we do. But cause Cause us to remember by your spirit, through your word, just a proper response in light of what you've done. A proper a response that goes way past uh, an amped up Sunday into our everyday lives. And I ask that you bring it about through your word and through your spirit. And we ask it in the good and great name of Jesus. And everybody said. All right, at my house, um, we try to get around the dinner table every so often. It's difficult because we're busy. But when we do, I always like to end that time with good conversation, discussion about God, God's word, God's gospel, because things go so fast. Like, we don't have enough time with our kids. I mean, I'm, I know that. I know that for sure this weekend as we graduate our oldest from high school, pretty soon around that table will be one, one empty chair, which is going to be a little bit hard to deal with. But we don't have very much time with them. And I'm sure that if you're following Christ, one of the jobs is you, you disciple your kids. So I don't want to miss that opportunity. So every chance we get, we try to do that and have those conversations. And so this last time around, the conversation turned to the gospel. I mean, what is it? Because I don't, I don't want the faith of my kids to just be vague. You know, like, well, Dad used to say. So I, I want to have a good, clear, crisp conversation so faith can be real, something to grab a hold of. And so we, have, we do this. So the conversation was the gospel, and one of the kids brought to the conversation a story that they had heard that was the gospel, but it was told in a non-biblical way. Not an unbiblical way. So it was still the good news about God sending his son for us. It just wasn't told as a biblical tale. And our, our kid said, you know, when, when you take some of that biblical language off of it, like, yeah, that helps. I can understand it better. And what they said was, when I heard this story, it convicted me. Like, I was almost, I was kind of embarrassed about my response to God after all that he had done. So it was an allegory. It's just an allegorical tale about the gospel. And when I heard the story, I knew right away that I had my content for baptism message. So thank you for that, because we nailed the bat way back when. It was May 22nd was nailed. 
But I want to tell the story because we have to stay grateful, and this is why. It's the good news. It's the gospel that God sent his son. I can't just stand on this platform and say, stay grateful. There has to be something underneath it, and this is what's underneath it. It's something that God has done for us. So here's the gospel in a non-biblical tale. It starts like this. Imagine this, that it's a Friday afternoon and you're going home from work and you hear on the radio just this little news story about a village in India where people are dying strangely and suddenly. They're not sure what it is. Maybe the flu, but the CDC is on it. They're sending doctors and then on to the next story. And you don't think about it very much because, well, it's India and maybe that kind of stuff happens in that part of the world. So you let it go, but by Monday, it's the lead story because 30,000 people have died and it's spreading out from there into Afghanistan and Iran and Northern Africa. Our president comes on and announces, hey, we, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of the victims. By the next day, they find it in Paris. So now it's Europe. Now it's getting closer. Now the panic goes up even more. France closes its borders, followed by England, but it doesn't stop it. So right after Paris, then it goes London, Liverpool, Southampton. President gets back on and says, we are shutting it all down. All flights in and out are done. We're going to try to isolate ourselves. And even though that's in place, you kind of know or you start to think, well, how long before this mystery disease, whatever it is, gets here? Well, you have to wait one day and then you find out, they find it in New York, two cases in New York, then Florida, then California, Arizona, Boston, and it's here. Now the panic really starts to rise. And we're only a couple days in this thing. It started on Friday. We're like Wednesday. It's already kicked way up. But there's a, there's a report that comes out that says a cure can be made. They found something. A potential cure is there. It's blood-borne. If they have blood from someone who is not infected and not predisposed to be infected, they can actually create a vaccine to turn the tide, actually to end this. So the decree comes down. Everyone will go to your local hospital or your regional medical center, and you will be tested. It's almost like martial law. Like, this is going to happen because we can't stop it. So by Friday evening, you find yourself there. You have to go. Now, you're there with your family, and it's, it's odd because no one knows how it spreads. And so you feel like you're glad to be there, but you don't, but you don't want to be around people. So there's this strange fear in the air that just hangs there, and you're not sure. The, the directions are passed out. This is a staging area. This is testing. This is holding. And then once we know the results, then you're released, and you kind of go through those steps. So it's time for your family to go through, and so you do. It's you and your wife and your kids go through, and then on into holding, and you just kind of wait. Nothing really happens. Until about 10 o'clock, there's a commotion that happens near the, the doors of the hospital. And for the first time, you see white coats. You've not seen the doctors before, but now they're out. And they've got a clipboard, and they're, so they're saying something. You're, you're, they're yelling something, but you can't make out what it is. It's a name. 
But your son knows. He can hear it. And he's like, hey, dad, that's me. They're talking about me. They're calling my name. So the people that kind of know you push you towards them. And you can see that the do- one of the doctors is crying. And they have this strange look like, you have to come with us. Now, no one is saying we found the cure, but that's kind of the idea. And it spreads through the whole crowd that way. The, the crowd, some people actually start to laugh in the crowd. People start to pray. They feel like, hey, maybe there's going to be a, a break to this. And they bring you in and they're like, we found it. But it's not you, it's your son. We had no idea it could be or was going to be a minor, but it is you need to sign this over. We need, you need to release him to us so we can get this procedure started right away. And so you, you do. You start to fill it all out. And, and then it, then it kind of becomes clear what they're asking. I mean, how much blood they actually need. And it's all of it. it is this what you're saying? Are you saying all that like he loses his life? Yeah, we didn't know it was going to be a minor. Well, can't we spread it out? Isn't there a way we take a little now and a little, like, we, we need it all now. Sign it. But it's, the, it's my kid. It's the world. You got to sign it. So could you sign it? So in numb silence, you, can you imagine? You sign it, and you can see him, and he doesn't know yet what it is, but you do. And then there's that strange, would you like a moment? Would I like a moment? And could you walk in? And maybe walking in wouldn't be, but could you actually tell him what was going on? Or what would you say when he, when he got it, and you started to walk out? I'm like, where are you going? Why are you leaving me here with them? Like, what are, why would you turn your back on me? What did I do? So the remedy is made. And it stems the tide. And the curio's out. And in the weeks that follow, they have a memorial service for your son. Outstanding contribution to humanity. So the ceremony is going to happen on a particular weekend. But here's the problem. On that weekend, it's really, really nice out. It's warm. It's spring. It's been raining a lot. But this weekend, it's not super nice. And so when it starts, there's tons of empty seats. And you're like... The ones that do come are like, hey, how long do you think this is going to take? Wait, where's the, where's the good part? Can we just get into the good part? When the unfolding of the story comes out, tons of people on their devices. Some people sleep, wake up at the end. And you can't believe it. You're like, you have no life if my son hasn't given his. Like you, like, you can't just be out there having a life. You wouldn't even have that life out there if my son hadn't died to give it to you. And you, you can't even show up to... It means that... The life of my son means that little to you? That you can't... You can't respond? Or this is how you respond? 
And then the allegory ends by saying, perhaps this is what God has in mind to say to us this weekend. So my child was like, man, that's me. God has worked it all. And my response to it is kind of embarrassing. I'll take any presentation of the gospel I can get. I don't care if it's allegorical, if I can see that sort of effect in my kids. You're like, Dad, it's just better than when you say it. <laughs> like, you always start with my sin, and I'm like, I know this, but this was just different, in it, and it hit. When people are sick, the sun is everything. When you're sick, right? When you're like, oh, your son, like this is the greatest thing. But then as soon as that, it's just like the 10 lepers. When they're sick, Jesus is everything. And make no mistake about it in that story in the 10 lepers. Who are the 10 lepers? We are. It's almost a blessing that they have that. I mean, ours is a little different. Like, they can actually see they're sick, and so they know that they have to go look. They know they have something that's going to kill them. So do we. Ours is a little bit trickier. Ours is like a, it's a sinful nature. Every single one of us is naturally sinful. We're always going to drift away. Always, always, always. And God has been very clear. That sort of sinful nature will kill you. So blessed be the lepers, if you will, because at least they know they're dying. And so they go and look. When they know they're sick, how do they address Christ? How do they address the Son? Master, healer, help, have mercy on us. Anything, anything. They would have followed him all the way to Jerusalem. There's no way they're going to let him go. But once he actually does it, we get what? One in ten. One in ten come back around. There's just something about it. The ten lepers is not just a story. It's our reality. So I say, let's take it to heart. Starting with those of you who go in the tank today, take it to heart. Today, you're going to say from here, the sun is everything. And God has blessed you. He let you know that you needed him. And that's a good thing. And you're going to say up here, He's the highest thing. He's the, he's the thing that I need the most in my life. And through baptism, actually, the pictures, what you're saying up here is like, I want as much and all of what God did for me through Christ as I can get. And all would be his life and his death. That's the picture from the tank up here. When you, the dunking is the death, right? And you're saying, I want that. Why do we need the death? The forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So by being dunked, you're saying, I need forgiveness. I can't. He can. I need it. But then I also want his life. The life, the life of Christ is so important to us in so many ways. It's what we need because we haven't been able to do it. The life of Christ is actually something when you're raised up, that life, that's something we actually get to hide inside of. It's one of my favorite descriptions of the life of Christ. It's something that we get to clothe ourselves with because we've made such a mess of ours that we get to hide inside of his. And that way when God looks at us, he's pleased, not because of something we've done, but because of who the son is. And that becomes the buffer, the atonement, the hider, if you will. 
And it's not just that something to hide inside. It's also, it just lays out for you the way in which you should go. When you leave this tank, there's going to be so many decisions to make about your life. How do you know which step to take? You have an example, the prime example, the premium example. And that's the life of Christ. In which way should I go? I should go the way in which he went. And you're saying, I want all of that. But here's the strange thing about the tank. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Somehow, some way, and I, th- I think it's because of the symbolism of the water, and it feels like, okay, now I'm clean. There's something about this water, and I've been dunked. All right, now I've been washed away. My sins are washed away. Listen, this water isn't washed anyone's sin away. It's clean. It's a little chilly, but it's not going to take away sin. The only thing that does that is the, is the belief, is the shed blood of Christ to cover over what you did. This is just a symbol of that. But there's something about it. It's almost like the 10 lepers. Like you walk out of here and you think, okay, I'm clean, I'm done. Somehow, some way in our faith, this thing always becomes the finish line. I mean, just like those lepers, like, okay, I'm clean now, I'm good. And not even a shout over our shoulder, hey, thanks. Not even that, just like, okay, it's done now, it's finished. But it's not finished, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's totally different. So, let's not go one for ten. Hey, everybody that's getting baptized today, let's not go one for ten. Why? Because I said so? <laughs> because, of what, because of the sending of the Son and the grace of God. Because you have no life without the death of the Son. That's why. Call it to mind. Call it to mind. I think that's my challenge for all of us who believe. One of my favorite verses about that sort of living forward comes from Colossians. Maybe this is the key. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I already know. My Monday's jam-packed full of stuff I'm going to have to go do. I know who I have to see and when I have to be there. And it's all this stuff it's easily fades away. Cast your mind on things above. If I can do that, I can stay thankful. And if I'm thankful and you're thankful, it changes the way you deal with whatever comes your way. Cast your mind on things above. Stay grateful. Let's not go one for ten. For all of us who believe. And for those of us who don't, maybe the best thing you could take from today is to see your need. If you never see your need, you never really look for help. So pay close attention to the stories today because you're going to hear what they needed. Maybe you'll need the same things, but more importantly than your need, where did they look for the remedy? And you take that in, maybe you could start to look in the same place. That's the sort of thing that happens on a weekend like this. May it happen. Amen? All right. So let's get started with what we all came here to take in today, stories about God's goodness and greatness and salvation, starting with today, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. I'm going to do this a little bit differently. Um, wrote everything down that I wanted to say because I'm really afraid that I'm not going to make it through it. <laughs> so here we go. Um, we've been talking about baptism for a couple of years now. And your mother and I were always worried that you wanted to get baptized because 
you saw us go through it and Savannah go through it. Uh, so we always in the past steered you away from getting baptized. Um, but this time it was different than any other conversation we have had about baptism. Uh, let me tell everyone what happened. Uh, we were driving home a little over a month ago and we were all jamming out to the new Newsboys' new song, Guilty. It was amazing. We all had our hands lifted, praising God, singing as loud as we could. Midway through the song, Caitlin reaches over and turns down the volume all the way on the radio. She looks at me and says, Dad, when's the next baptism? I said, May 22nd. She said, I want to get baptized. I took a deep breath, and I said to her, Okay, you do realize that getting baptized doesn't save you, right? You understand what baptism is. <laughs> she totally blew me away. She looks at me and she says, Yeah, Dad, I know what baptism is. It's an outward showing of your faith. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, what? You're 10, what are you talking about? <laughs> she says, yeah, Dad, baptism is just you showing everyone that you are a follower of Christ. I said, well, yeah, you're right. So what are you saying? Are you saying you want to be saved right now? Yeah, Dad, that's what I'm saying. So I pulled the truck over right there on Highway 18, turned my blinkers on, and she prayed. She said, Dear Heavenly Father, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Then she, conf she confessed her sins and said, I want to repent from my sins, and I need your help to repent. I want to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. Amen. And as soon as she was done praying, I took a picture of her. And this is the picture that I took. She's just absolutely glowing. And it was an exciting, exciting night. It was absolutely amazing to witness that. And I just, I thank God for saving my daughter. Your mother and I cannot wait to see what God uses you for. We are so proud of you for making this decision that has not only changed your life on this earth, but has also changed your life in eternity. So with all that being said, I need to ask you some questions. Do you believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth and walked among us, and that he suffered and died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins? I do. Do you believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day, and that he now sits at the right hand of the Father. I do. Based upon this testimony, Caitlin, your mother and I now baptize you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. started like my Christian walk a while ago. I always knew who Jesus was and who God was and why Jesus died. But I really um, 
built my relationship with him over the past year. There was just some stuff with our family, big changes, different things like that, and I realized that I need him all the time, not just every once in a while. It was Easter Sunday of this year, and it was during service, and Tara had just given us these prayer journals that we were supposed to keep up with day by day. And I had gotten really behind, I hadn't done it for like a week, and we were talking about how Jesus has covered our sins and sin nature and all that stuff, and I realized he made the sacrifice for me, knowing I may never love him back. And I want him to know that I love him back. Jesus, to me, is a place of refuge and safety and peace. When everything in the world kind of falls apart, he's the only thing that stays put together. Baptism, to me, means that you are um, telling others and others that have been baptized that you are ready to really dive in and pursue your Christian walk and take it seriously while also um, furthering God's kingdom. And I think it's basically accepting others' help and others' love into helping you be the best Christian person that you can be. Wow can't believe this day has arrived. Um, we were so humbled um, and grateful when Abby asked if we would be willing to help out in this incredible uh, part of her life this day. And um, it seems like yesterday that uh, my wife and I uh, were at the same preschool that Abby's mom and dad were at, checking things out, and now all of a sudden, here we are. And um, Abby is, her, her energy, her fire, her love for God is, it's infectious. And it's so fun to, to be around her. Um, she has been so pumped about this, the closer it got. In fact, I think she told me this morning she had six glasses of chocolate milk this morning. She just... She just is so wound up, she can't hardly stand it. So, um, but she, uh, she's a light uh, for all of her friends who are here to support her and are excited for her. And uh, uh, her mom and dad are excited sitting out there and the rest of her family and her sister Lily. So uh, with uh, what you said in your testimony today, Shelly and I would be very grateful to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in the beginning, hope was just the ability to wake up and not want to use. Because in the beginning, I didn't have a relationship with, with God. I was still dealing with these torn feelings. I would find myself not being able to say I'm a believer, and I questioned that a lot. So then I became hopeful that I would be able to find that 
that love that people have for him and not feel like it was just forced upon me or fake, that I was just doing it to be, make everyone else happy. And then when I would just wake up and the worst days possible could happen, the longest days, the sleepless nights, because I was still adjusting. Hope was all I had to keep going. And eventually, God became the hope I was searching for. I didn't have to really be hopeful any longer because I had found the answer. And finding Him and building the relationship with Him I have is the hope because now I can ask Him and talk to Him and my concerns, I can pray about them and not feel like I'm just praying because something bad has happened or because someone's asking for prayers. Now it's just meaningful. He took all my sins and He's forgiven me for those and I live my life as close as I can to the way that He would see fit. I want to be baptized because um, to me it's a finalization of my finding my relationship with God. Mandy, I just want you to know that I am so proud of you. And by your testimony, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've always known Jesus Christ. I was raised in a Christian home with my mom, my dad, and my sister. And I always went to church with my family. But whenever my dad got diagnosed with leukemia, I would say that's really whenever it began to strengthen my relationship with him because I learned that I need him. And seeing my dad go through everything he's gone through, I learned to be more thankful for my health and every single day. And my family and just absolutely everything and gave it all to Christ and thanked Him for everything, just giving me everything that I have and just helping me through it because He's been by my side through every step of the way. I've always loved Jesus, but I would say one year, and actually it was freshman year, I was just sitting in homeroom and I was really bored and I just started to draw on my agenda and then I started thinking about Jesus and how He has done so much for me and I made a point to write my journal that like it was in February that I repented and I wanted to just commit my life to Jesus Christ ever since that day and I feel like it's I've really been trying hard to please him and do anything for him since that day. You should trust Jesus even though you may feel alone at some points he is always with you no matter what just trust in Him and believe in Him and commit your life to Jesus and He will save you, not because of how good or bad of a person we are, but because He has eyes of grace and He just wants to, us to be in heaven with Him someday. Baptism means to me showing the outward expression of what has happened inside of me. When I first committed my life to Christ, He came into me and 
now that I want to be baptized, I want to show everyone how I am deciding from this day forward to live a life for Jesus and not do anything that, not follow the world. I want to live apart from the world and just commit to my life to Jesus and live the rest of my days for Him. Hannah, I am so thankful for this day, thankful to hear your testimony and your willingness to surrender your heart to Christ. You, as a parent, you're giving me the greatest gift you could possibly give me. And I want to spend my life with you in heaven. And I know your daddy's up there doing a cartwheel right now. He's very grateful that you are making this wonderful step. And just pray that you would always look to him for guidance and that you would never, ever turn your back against him. He is our hope. He is our future. Without him, we are nothing. And so I just am so thankful, and um, I love you. So based on your testimony, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In my past, I wasn't living the way I should. I wasn't being the girl I wanted to be, the girl I needed to be. And then some tragic stuff really happened and it woke me up and it made me think, oh, I can't get through this. I need God in my life. I really need him. And that was a turning point for me. That was me making the better decisions to do what I need to do. I accepted Jesus Christ into my life kind of around spring break because I went with Campus Life on the Florida trip when I got home, I was really talking to my mom about it and I was thinking, well, like I'm not living the way I should and I don't, I don't wanna be like this anymore. And so that week when I got back, I went to church with my mom and um, I was listening to the preacher and everything he said just really got to me. I started crying and I prayed and that was when I really decided like, I need to get back on this track. I need to just, put the pieces back together. To me, living a life for Christ means believing that anything that I go through, I can get through with Him. If something terrible does happen to me again, like it has, then He's gonna be there no matter what, even if He may not like respond the way I want Him to, if He doesn't, like if things don't go my way, that He loves me and He does everything for my benefit and that everything will be okay in the end. Haley, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died for your sins? Yes. Then based upon your testimony, we're going to baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was a high school student struggling with lots of things, including school, juggling school and juggling my sports and being involved with Campus Life and going to church with my friends on the weekends. Um, and I, I had a hard time when I, would, when I was with one group of friends, I would do one thing and when I was with my other group of friends, I would do another. And so um, it was, my life was a circus, a three ring circus. Growing up, uh, we would go to church with uh, my mom on Sunday 
and we'd have great family time after church on Sunday nights. Um, and then in high school, my parents got divorced um, and that just really flipped my whole entire world upside down. Everything that I thought I knew, didn't know. Um, then got into a really bad relationship uh, that cost a lot of heartache um, and got led into depression. Um, then got into a great relationship that eventually leaded into breaking up and then he passed away not too long after. So it was just a lot of crazy events that, I mean, most people would just give up on it, give up on God, give up on just live for themselves and um, trying not to do that because I've seen what that can do to people too. So this past Easter, I came to church and it was the first Easter that I had any, it meant anything to me because it felt like God was just talking to me and just showing me like, this is what I've done for you. Like this, this is enough. And that spoke a lot to me because he has, he's done so much for us. And that's just amazing to me that someone can love you so much that they would die for you. It's just beyond me because we're selfish and that's just, I don't know, why wouldn't you want to live for that? Baptism to me is more than just getting dunked in a tank and saying I'm a follower of Christ. Like it is much, much more than that to me. It is having the support system that you need to have in order to hold yourself to a standard that Christ holds holds us to. Um, and, and God knowing that we will still make mistakes, but yet loving us and still trying to do better each and every day. Josie, based on the testimony that we just saw and the decision that you've made, we baptize you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. We didn't raise our kids in church. We were the holiday church goers. I sent my kids to church on a church bus and uh, I worked usually six days a week so Sunday was my day to stay home and clean the house and and rest so um, I, I when I grew up and when I was married I, I really didn't know God and I we started coming here in oh five I believe. We just felt that there was something missing and, and my husband was raised in a church all of his life and um, he just said that we needed to start going to find us a church that we liked and start going. Yeah when we started coming to, to Life Church uh, we was looking for something but we wasn't for sure I wasn't for sure what I was looking for but a, as we kept coming and stuff I found out that it was Christ that I was missing from my life. We were sitting in, and they were singing and all of a sudden, I just I knew that that I really didn't have Jesus, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and um, I just felt 
warm and glowing all over, and I knew he did. And then after that, I had decided that I wanted to be baptized too. I had decided that after I accepted Jesus, that I wanted to be baptized and that I wanted everybody to know that I loved Jesus. That is awesome. This is the cool thing ever, man. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. So, Sandy, thanks for letting us be a part of this journey. And it's because of your faith and your testimony that today we get to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Steve, I'm so proud to be up here with you and your willingness to stand in this tank and share with family and friends and people that have known you your whole entire life and just share with them the transformation in your heart and God's power to save anyone and everyone. And uh, just so happy to be here. Is, uh, is there any reason you want to be baptized? Uh, because... Jesus, Jesus saved or died on the cross to save our sins, my sins for his blood, and to follow him the rest of my life. That's awesome. Um, based on your testimony and the testimonies I've gathered from friends and family, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. January of 2015, I went to Taylor University with my normal basketball girls, just a few of them. And we met with a professional basketball player, and he just spoke and really hit all of us hard. And that's just when I recommitted my life to Christ and knew that from that point, I needed to do everything I could to live for him. To live a life for God is like having no fear that he is always right next to me and that I live for his commandments and try to resemble someone like him because he's perfect. <laughs> Jesus is my friend. He is my savior and to me, I believe that he died on the cross so that I could live uh, my life knowing that there's more to than just this and that he died for my sin and I just love him. Um, to me baptism is showing the world that I love Jesus and that he died for me so I could live forever and I this is just the final step like I've loved God forever and I gave my heart to him and this is just completes all of it. Courtney, you're loved so much by me, by so many people that came to see you today. You're a very blessed girl for 16 years old, and you've accomplished so much. You're an athlete. You're a beautiful girl. You're popular. 
and yet you've taken time kind of to step away from that and um, this tank is like the melting pot young old it doesn't matter it it like Chad said it all starts right here and you took time to make that testimony to all these witnesses uh, it's just such a blessing to see you do this today and make this step forward in your life and so uh, it's a privilege to watch you be baptized. Courtney, I was thinking about you up here with the message. You have tons of opportunity in the hallways of that school, who you are, who's God, who God has made you to be. So let's not go one for 10, all right? Let's not go one for 10, all right? Based on your testimony, we're going to baptize you in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for today. As predicted, you are the hero of the day. Everything that we heard was brought about by you. You were the author of it. You decided to save and you did it. I'm just thankful for the testimony of these that went forward today. I mean, you, you made them understand. You allowed them to see that they needed you. Thanks for the gift of faith. When you prompt it in us, we need something other than ourselves. So thank you for that. And now we ask God going forward that you sanctify and that you just keep doing it. We, we know you're an always God so that, so that you will, but sanctify them, turn them into more and more and more as they, as they walk from this Sunday, more and more into the likeness of your son. Do that through your word and your spirit. That's how you carve us and shape us and mold us and cause their response to you, their gratefulness to you in the days to come, in the weeks, the months, maybe in the years to come, to be one that's honoring to you, that be full of gratitude and, and impactful, that the way in which they follow you and live their life would spill out into others. Only you can do all of that, and we trust that we, you will. We ask that you do in the good and great name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen and amen.